Finding great candidates to hire can be like, well, trying to find a needle in a haystack. Sure, you can post your job to some job board, but then all you can do is hope the right person comes along. Which is why you should try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com post. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them for you. Its powerful technology identifies people with the right experience and actively invites them to apply to your job. You get qualified candidates fast. So while other companies might deliver a lot of hay, ZipRecruiter finds you what you're looking for. The needle in the haystack. See why four out of five employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. And right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, free at ZipRecruiter.com slash post. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash post. ZipRecruiter.com slash post. Leftovers or the DMV or house cleaning or Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. We're prohibited by law. T plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The revolution will not be brought to you by fake news. The revolution does not have pre-existing conditions. Revolution will not be brought to you by a spray tan. The revolution will leave you with health care and college for all. You will not be able to force me to stand for any song, flag, or mindless pledge that does not stand for me. The revolution will not be televised. The revolution will be streamed live. What's up, guys? How's everybody doing out there? Um, Already people jumping in. And um, so, yeah, sorry, everything was all goofy with my audio. But, hey, we have two guests here today on, on the show, which we don't always have. Um, and so what we do, as you know here, we like to uh, – we let everybody introduce themselves. And, and we got a hard out with, with, with Jake today at 1230, so we're going to get right into the discussion. Then we can move on to other stuff later, if time being. But, um, guests, please, Jake, start with you. Uh, in, in, introduce yourself and tell everyone who you are. Yeah, absolutely. My name is Jake Giovanni. Uh, I'm a third year law student at the university at Buffalo School of Law and, of course, Buffalo, New York. Um, really uh, been working with uh, Lisa and the Countercult Coalition over the last summer, volunteering as a policy advocate for um, people uh, affected in these controlled communities and cults. I've done a lot of work with domestic violence survivors, domestic uh, violence victims. I see a very strong correlation between. Uh, uh, the course of control that's exercised in DV uh, relationships and in these controlled communities. So and that's a little bit about me. Cool. And we have and Lisa here. Lisa, tell us a little bit about, about yourself and how we came to this. Uh, Lisa Kendall, the director of Counter Cult Coalition. I grew up in a cult from 9 to 19. And... Um, I, my main goal in life is affecting public policy to better protect children in um, isolated communities that we think of as cults, we call cults. Cool. Now, can I ask really quick, what cult did you grow up in? The move of God, Sam Fife's move of God. Sweet. 
Um, well, again, thank you both for joining us. And, and um, so let's, yeah, let's just jump into this. Because you said, uh, Jake, there's a, a connection between domestic violence and, and these things. So one, have you determined, uh, so one question for you and a question also, Felisa. One, have you determined a, a base root that is the common denominator between these links? And then uh, when he finishes this, I want to know what was your breaking point to leave? Because you were in the call for 10 years. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so that, uh, if I was to boil it down to one word, the connection between both is the use of isolation. Um, really being able to prevent others from seeking help outside, seeking relationships outside, cutting people off from their families, friends, other forms of support networks, and really making them dependent in the domestic violence relationship on their spouse or significant other. And in these controlled communities, making them very dependent on the communities themselves, and then also creating a really large power dynamic between uh, the, the base level community and the, the leaders and even the leaders, lieutenants in these communities. Wow. Okay. Uh, I'm, I want to come back to address something that you said there, because all of that is, I'm, I'm glad you started that way because it is, it's, it'll help us go into the rest of, the, of what we have. Absolutely. To but go ahead. Listen. So, so you, you were in for 10 years. What was your one? What do you think about what Jake just said? And also, what was your point? Because I've watched sometimes these documentaries like I just watched uh, Keep Sweet, Pray and Obey. And it was about, you know, the the Mormon, the, the church. Is it Mormon church? Yeah. FLDS, an offshoot of the yeah. Mormon church. Yeah. Well, let me jump in here because I want to make sure we get to the subject we want to talk about in the law while Jake is here. Um, but for me. Um, the, my entire fucking life in the cult was a breaking point. It's just that I didn't, you know, I didn't, in some, in most cases, I didn't even know I could leave. I didn't know where to go. And it's called disengagement when little by little, you're less and less a part of the community. It doesn't resonate with you. It never did for me. I'm very fortunate in that. Um, just running into a friend in a pizza place and moved in with her and rented an apartment and suddenly had a secular life and was much happier. Wow. Wow. Now, uh, you, you, you talked you. specifically, I know, um, Lisa, we talked a lot offline um, about the Amish and and you were talking about not just abuse with humans, but animal abuse and all sorts of stuff. Um, so it, how does that how do those things tie, you think, in into um I mean, what, what, what is it about, about, is, is it just, I mean, I, I feel like when we were joking earlier, uh, I was talking about how I used to do a joke about how there's, they see there's less mental illness in the, in the Amish communities. And I thought, yeah, well, these people still live like it's 1600. So maybe we have a different idea of what mental illness is. Um, is that it? Is it, is it, is, is, are these cults just living, trying to live? I feel like the Mormons are that way where they're just trying to live uh, a life, uh, a patriarchal lifestyle that, that's, that's, pre-civil rights for women and and for people for and in general just pre-civil rights right. yeah and that joke actually is very prescient um <laughs> because the truth is that in many cults people aren't thinking they're not reasoning and they look the other way they don't understand things if you think about how life was in the united states 200 years ago you know 150 years ago we would institutionalize people who um suffered from 
um, epilepsy, blind people, they were institutionalized because, you know, in our understanding of the world, you know, anyway, so what I do want to jump in about the, you're absolutely right. It is about patriarchy. One of the draws for people in the groups for the men is that they have the power and they exert that power over the women to maintain their role. Uh, Stephen Mather, um, who left the uh, Jehovah's Witnesses, he has a podcast. He talks about how he was basically thought of as a god as a man. He had control over the women. He didn't want his daughter that way to live that way. So he left. And I think that speaks a lot hearing it from a man saying that on leaving, one of the things he lost was his power over women. But so, can, I, can I step in here really quick? Because as much as I, on one hand, admire people like that, I also fucking hate people like that. It's it's my problem with Republicans. And we've had, Ty and I have talked about this on the, on the show before. Our big theme on the show is empathy. You know, guys, people, J.E. Uh, and a bunch of people talk, empathy, empathy. We always talk about that. And I find that they said the number one reason for Republicans in the last 10, 15 years to change their position on LGBTQ rights is knowing somebody in their family that is gay or trans or whatever. They, they could care less and, before that. But. Yeah, and, and I, I get it, but it's like, it sucks to me that it takes you going, oh, you know what? I don't want my, my daughter... I mean, it's great that they're having daughters. They should all have more daughters. But there's something inherently sick that it, you couldn't figure that out, that that's somebody else's daughter, you jackass. Like, you had to have your own daughter go, I don't want my daughter to be right. subjugated and be a slave. Like, Right. Well, I'm getting, I want to get through this. We have time for Jake to explain some things to us on the subject. But um, I think in Stephen's case, he was disengaging. And you have to remember, if it's your whole community, everyone you know, and it's it's so hard to make that decision to leave and to know what kind of a life to have for yourself. But anyway, getting back to, um, in regard to the Amish, there are some similarities between the Amish and the cult I grew up in. In the move of God, um, you know, we were I was explicitly told that we were to have dominion over the animals. They were there for us. And so that meant that the way that animals were treated, um, you know, was as if they were things. Even in Portland, one of our elders, the main elder, would regularly beat his dog with a board who was always on a leash. I think he was beating his dog because the dog was trying to get away. Um, And I, you know, I... Never, I've never been to Alaska even now. And as a teenager, I heard about a man um, sexually assaulting a cow on one of our farms there. I would hear about the sheep being shorn roughly and castrated roughly. And there was, you know, like I never heard anyone say we should do something about this. We should make it better. With um, the Amish, their attitude about animals and seeing them as things Um, And also, I think just a very cruel approach to life and people and living things is why they have horrific puppy mills where the dogs are stacked in cages where when they're finally let out at the end of their lives, they can't even walk where the Amish are. It has been widely reported that in many, if not all Amish communities, the men and some boys um, 
I, you know, I don't like the word bestiality or having sex with. You're not having sex with a newborn pony. That pony doesn't have a choice. So the men have sex with the ponies and the calves and other animals. And then they all they have to do is stand up in front of the group and apologize. And so children grow up seeing their fathers and uncles apologizing for going out to the barn and spending time with the pony. And then they think it's normal. So, you know, police reports have called it cyclical for that reason. So Sick you know, is the word. Well, one of the things we need is better laws and policies because, you know, we have to figure out how to get in there. And I think Jake can speak to laws regarding animal rights. He's in New York where they're regularly at the forefront of animal rights laws. Go, yeah. go ahead. Go ahead, Jake. And, and then I, I, I want to come back to what you all the stuff you just laid out there, uh, Lisa. But go ahead, Jake. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, uh, New York is usually at the forefront of um, animal rights law. Um, we, we like to think of New York as a very progressive place, and New York City certainly is. The state itself tends to take a little while with its laws to catch up to um, everyone else's kind of perception of New York State. Um, but one example, here in New York State, um, if you're going through a divorce and there's an animal in the household, a dog or a cat, if there's an extreme argument over it, New York will actually look at what is the in the best interest of the animal itself. It won't um, treat the animal as a term in the legal field, chattel, or you, you know, a, a living thing to be used as a good. Right. Um, uh, New York has taken steps in that regard, and specifically, I've I've kind of looked into the three big um, uh, Amish states and their laws, kind of leading up to this. Um, Indiana, Ohio, and Pennsylvania. Um, and all three of them either have on the books a uh, a puppy milling law or they're in development of a, of a puppy mill restricting law. But um, I think the big challenge here legally is who's policing these these Amish communities? Who's going to go into these these Amish communities? And, you know, without some very, I would anticipate a very extreme form of journalistic investigation um it's it's a pretty big hill to to climb to get onto people's property understood to to get into these these puppy mills to see what's going on and to actually uh be able to collect evidence or prosecute anything that's that's going on in these communities well i think we give way too much respect to um I don't think. I know we give way too much respect to, to religion. Um, well, at least at least uh, you know the the white people's religion. But uh, um, we give way too much respect to to religion in this country. And it's like we I think we talked about this a little bit before too. Is this this idea that you know certain of these communities, the, the Amish specifically, some of the ones that are that are, that have they're like, oh, we're not part of your society, so leave us alone. And people are like, oh, we have no jurisdiction over them because they're they're not part of our society. They're not part of our country necessarily. Like, so they have these rules that, Oh, we don't get to go in. And I get it. We, they're having religious freedom and that's great. I don't want anybody coming in and, and saying that I can't believe what I believe, but there has to be a line drawn when it comes to human rights or animal rights or think where, where you can't just go, Hey, it's, I mean, we did it with the Mormons. Hey, I'm, I'm a Mormon and I want to have 40 wives and some of them could be six or eight years old. And then we finally said, no, that's that we religious freedom goes, doesn't go that far because you are now exerting it on people who are, who uh, might not be able to consent or whatever. Exactly. 
And I, I think, I think, but, but we have this like weird, yeah, we don't want to step on their toes because, but the thing is, they seem to have no problem. Like we were talking about this a little bit earlier when they want to step outside and you know, like I, I, we, I took a train trip across the country and there was all, all these, these kids are, are on rum, rum spring or whatever. And they're, they're, they're drinking their, their lattes from Starbucks and they've got their Nike shoes on and all this sort of stuff. And I'm like, wait, I thought you weren't allowed to do that. And they're like, Oh, we can do it for like a year or two. Like we can go out and see the, and I'm like, Oh, you can ride the train. You can do all this technology stuff. There's lights on all this kind of shit that you're not supposed to do, but you can do it when it fits your narrative. When you want to do it, you want to go have fun and party and, and whatever. But then when we're like, Hey, you can't do this. Oh, whoa, whoa, our freedoms. You can't come onto our property and tell us what to do. And, and, and here's, here's the thing. So to, I just want to backtrack a couple of things that were said. Yeah, laws, they help. But laws don't mean anything if the person doesn't have humanity, if the person doesn't care, if the person, for some reason, will believe a book that's been written, rewritten, 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 read all of this stuff over what's in front of you. Everything from domestic violence to cruelty to animals. You know it's not good to have sex with animals. You know there, there is no book you can read that will make you feel good about hurting an animal. There is I no book. To, I want to interrupt you just one thing about that. Actually, Amish people and people from other groups have spent time in prison thanks to the laws. So that's the baseline. We do need... No, no, no. I understand that once they enforce the law, I'm talking about you should not want to break the law. Like, oh, like yeah. I, I put it to you this way. Yes. I'll give you a prime example. We have a puppy that we got from my wife's dad, God rest his soul, when he passed. We have the dog. The dog hated me. When I say hated me, the dog would not come near me. The dog would bark. Yeah, every other dog would come around me. This dog would not come near me. I had never once thought about harming that dog. As a matter of fact, I love that dog so much right now. It's ridiculous, even though she doesn't appreciate it. But... <laughs> <laughs> but to me, that's because I have something in me that has nothing to do with laws, nothing to do with a book, nothing to do with anything that says, hey, man, as much as that dog barks at you and gets on your nerves and pees and poops everywhere, don't hurt the dog. But Let this dog is partly about enculturation. If you grew up with animals around you being abused on a regular basis, you would be confused. I was confused in the move about some things. I couldn't figure things out, certainly not about animal abuse. But, you know, you were not you were not raised in a group where you were explicitly told that animal is only there for your use. But, you know, I, you know, what's weird, though, really quick, too, is that there's this other myth I don't know. It's, it might not be a myth. There might, it might be somewhat, there might be some truth to it. But when you hear people who are upset about, which they should be, I'm not, I'm not here to talk about farming and organic farming and, and factory farming and all that sort of stuff. When people talk about factory farming of cows for meat or for dairy and all that sort of stuff, and you hear a lot of people go, that's why I only get my cow, that's why I only get my cheese from Amish farms because they do it the natural way oh. and, and they're not factory farming. And even if that's true, well, they're doing it with puppies. 
Well, so they're not doing it with their cows? I mean, I don't know if they if that's even true or not, but you always hear that where it's like, this is on an Amish farm where the cows are raised naturally like they were all these years ago and it's not factory farming and all this sort of stuff. Well, and I think that's one of the, I have three reasons kind of cemented in my mind why this is so pervasive in this community, in these communities and why, <clears throat> why it doesn't uh, <clears throat> get ferreted out as much. And I think you, you hit the nail on the head. The Amish have a fantastic PR team. Yes. I don't know who who got their community as, you know, it's the, the two things that come to mind, furniture, uh, you know what, I'll even throw in a third, furniture, mm-hmm. butter churning, and kingpin. That's that, that's <laughs> that's kind of everyone's what what comes to mind when they think of of Amish communities. But well, maybe, maybe, maybe because of kingpin, maybe maybe, there, maybe some uh, Scientologists got involved in helping out. <laughs> true. Yeah. Anyway, true. continue. But the uh, uh, on top of um, uh, uh, you know the, their their PR um, win that they've had and and kind of their their overall cultural appearance um, on top of the uh, on top of the isolation. Um, the entire criminal justice system, the policing system, where it is not the last 30 years have not been gearing it up towards rural people who are partaking in, uh, you know, Amish or religious practices. It, the, the, the entire machine is pointed in quite the opposite direction. Um, and to, to Ty's point, this isn't something that we should have to co- codify into law. You know, there, there shouldn't in, shouldn't be in a regular same person's uh, uh, existence, you know, the thought of bestiality or even, you know, uh, other forms of animal abuse don't really cross your mind. They don't really right. come in there. There shouldn't, we shouldn't need to codify these things. I, in order to, never, yeah. Really quick. I apologize. Speaking of animals, I've got a 15 year old dog who cannot walk. Who's in my bedroom and oh. she's crying. So I need so to help her up. Gotta do? And I got to help her up so she can go to the bathroom right now. Excuse oh, me. Oh, how sweet. <laughs> I got you. See, and it didn't occur to him to hump the dog. <laughs> amazing amazing how people can not do that so um, i want to say something about what jake just said jake just said that our um criminal justice system is not pointed toward these groups it really doesn't have the expertise for it and yet you see all of these court cases where the Amish have been brought in. So even though they don't allow people to report, even though they're isolated, even though all this shit, they're not on social media, they're, you know, they are going to prison because they're committing so many crimes. And, you know, what Jake was just talking about with, you know, our, our expertise with it, they two, two brothers uh, sexually assaulted their 12-year-old sister for, for years, so she was on, younger than that. The only reason anybody found out is that uh, she showed up at the doctor's office. The doctor, when she was 12, said, you're pregnant. How'd you get pregnant? She said, I've been having sex with my brothers. It turned out it was six of her, all six of her brothers were having sex with her for years. And the judge did not want to send them to prison and didn't because the two oldest ones who were over 18 and over, um, because they would be eaten up in prison, his words, which is true. He said they, oh, they would be defiled. I got you. He was worried about the, them. And there yeah. is the issue of they haven't had contact with the outside world. As he said, they were had the maturity of children because of how they were raised. But at the same time, there was very little thought given to the victim and other girls in the community. So 
you know, that that was one of the cases where they another one where all the person had to do was 100 hours of community service, $250 fine and write a letter of apology to the victim. Um, you know, that was in Pennsylvania. And that, there's no lesson learned there. there there's no lesson learned there for that, that for the for the people who commit. Again, I'm going to say this again. It doesn't make sense in any scenario to have sex with your sister. It doesn't make sense in any scenario. Actually, it, it, actually, let me explain that. I agree with you, except that it's very different in Amish communities because they're not allowed to have sex or hold hands or be alone or you know date. And the reason that it is tolerated as Men from the Amish community have said, and just two days ago, Misty Griffin, who wrote the book Tears of the Silence, she's part of the documentary Sins of the Amish. She, of course, was sexually assaulted in the Amish, like most girls. She said that she that she believed from things she had been told by Amish people that it was a way to keep the boys and men from leaving and living like the English us because they want to have sex. You already have the interest of possibly leaving. Then you want to have sex. So if you can have sex with your sister or daughter, then you have one less reason to leave. And even prosecutors and the police in the articles I read said it is all about keeping families together at any cost. So basically these girls are taking one for the team over and over and over. And, you know, it, it can't just be words. I'm sorry if this is offensive, but imagine being a 12 year old girl and having to have sex with your father, your father's on top of you. And there are reports of, there are so many women who have left and said that, that, that they left because of this. There was a reporter who did a story recently that was on the BBC, it was on NPR. She herself found 52 women who had come forward and said they were sexually assaulted while they were in the Amish communities. When little girls go to their mom and say, I don't want dad to do this to me, they're told they have to. That's how extreme it is. That's why we need to do something about it. I, I, mean, understand, this, I, I, I understand I understand everything you just said a thousand percent. I understand but, everything you just said. I get it is it. disgusting though, Ty, I agree. I, if I'm, you're a father, if you're a father, if you're a father, I know. You shouldn't want to have sex with your child. If you're a father, if you are taking care of your child, you should. But, but but here's my question. So I, I missed a little bit there. I apologize. I don't want to go back too far. But well, so they it's, they okay them to have sex with their children. Yeah. So the sister. dad doesn't leave. Well, why don't right? But why don't they just okay them to have sex with other women so they don't leave? Because that would be a sin. <laughs> <laughs> well, and the, the oh other part. God, the, the, but that's the type of stuff that go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say ahead. the other part of this uh, that that happens when um, when Amish uh, individuals are brought before the court and they aren't punished adequately or, the, you know, they, they aren't made to kind of atone for what what happens. They get to go back into the community. And they get to reinforce the narrative that they are more powerful than the court that they just went up against. They went That's up against the point. court. They survived. They came back, and they get to keep doing what they're doing. They can they can take you know any any path they choose. They can say that oh the court's okay with it now, and that's why I'm back here and I'm able to to remain in this community. Or they can push the narrative that they are 
through whatever divine instrument they use, they are empowered now and they're more powerful than the court that they just went up against. They're more powerful than the judge that just let them off the hook. I will I will tell you this. And and Ian and I, we've been friends for a long time. And I know you gotta get ready to go here, Jake, but um when we first became friends, I was one of those people I prayed every night. You know what I'm saying? I wasn't a church goer per se, like I didn't go every Sunday, but I believed in this idea of, you know, the Lord and all of this stuff and all of this goodness. Nothing, not a single thing has made me question all of that stuff more than people who do stuff for religious reasons. It is one of the worst things Every time I hear about it, I hear about it with black churches, white churches, Mormon, uh, and now this. Because the thing is, and, and what trips me out is that not a single person, not, not the offender or the victim, starts to think, well, wait a minute. I don't think Jesus would be sleeping with his child. <laughs> I, I don't think the, the, the Lord who loves everyone would let this animal be abused. None of them think of that. Not one single person in this these things says, well, wait a minute. That dude says he's the savior. He's the prophet. But yet he keeps getting older and older. Huh. <laughs> That's weird. It then when he dies, they say, okay, well, now we have a new prophet. But he just told you there would only be one prophet. So I just, I just don't understand where the common sense leaves versus... Hey, this is just what it is, and 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 I, I want to give this to you before you go, because I want I want to get a quick answer. To this: Have you ever had anybody come to you and say, "Yeah, I understand. It sounded stupid as fuck that that I was believing this." Has anyone ever said that to you? I can I can speak to it from more of a domestic violence uh, uh, position, where yeah, there are survivors and there are victims who know in the moment you know they're they feel guilt they feel ashamed they are in, incredibly embarrassed and that is oftentimes what keeps people uh it's an it's an additional barrier from reaching out and and getting help outside of the community outside of the relationship um, you mean during an assault someone has guilt while they're committing an assault no, I don't think that they would. I just I think I guess for me, um, I'm looking at it from the standpoint of. I, I, I just don't see how you can rationalize and say this, this otherworldly being. It's a lot like right now, people are thinking that the rapture was coming. Uh, I think it was a twin two a week ago or something. The rapture yeah. happened. Six, yeah, right. So we got left behind. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so the rapture didn't happen, and and the same thing with the people in uh in in uh Texas waiting for JFK and JFK Jr. to come by, and they haven't been there for they've been I don't know how long they've been in Texas, but no, it doesn't click with them. Like it was a story of a lady who said, "I'm only going to go just to see him come back." She left her family. She said, I'm, "I'm just going to go there, check it out real quick, wait for them to come back, get some autographs signed, or whatever, whatever." And then she said, "I'm never coming back." So you left a real thing, your, your real family, for a delusion that still isn't happening. And I'm just trying to figure out, and either one of y'all, please, just, just oh. help me understand, when does it, the light switch, does it ever come, when does it, I just don't get it. It doesn't I'll, make any sense to me. I'll throw, I'll, I'll throw my perspective in there, and then I, I do have to roll out of here. 
but um it's 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 the gambler's fallacy only instead of using your money you're using your social credit you're using right. your credibility you're using your how people perceive your judgment skills right, right? and and it becomes a game of chicken and i'm from from what i know there's still people in texas waiting and it's because they have to either grapple with the fact that this impossible thing is happening and they were right about it or the alternative the alternative is they've been taken as the biggest fool and they have to go back to their social circles which spoiler alert most of them will welcome you back with open arms. Open yeah, they're, they're, they're excited that you're not fucking crazy anymore. Absolutely. Oh, uh, Uncle True, uh, Uncle Uncle Leon's back. Thank God. Exactly. <laughs> These people will welcome you back. These people have missed you. They've loved you. They've enjoyed you, and they want you to come back into their lives. But it, it is a it's, it's a journey of self. And the the biggest indicator to me that someone is getting ready to leave one of these things is momentum it takes momentum and just like uh, just like running just like uh, uh any other kind of form of endurance it takes training it takes practice and you can't you can't run the 40 on your first day it's going to take steps it's going to take time it's going to take signs sometimes right. you know we 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 as as a species we do look for for indications in strange places sometimes it they will be found and when they're found, the best thing is just to have those people who want them back in their lives, those people who have enjoyed them and love them, to just be ready to receive without judgment, at least for a little bit. You know, well, eventually yeah, you can yeah, crack a on, joke at Thanksgiving dinner. How is JFK, huh? Uh, exactly. I would say the, the only thing I'm holding on to as far as a cult is that Android phones are better than iPhones. That's all I'm holding <laughs> on to. That's <laughs> I'm with you. But it, it's been great. Ian, Thank you, bro. I, Lisa, as always. Well, where, um, where is, do you have any information you, people can look you up or whatever? I am uh, currently pretty off the grid while I'm in law school. Okay. Um, I strongly encourage everyone to check out the Counter Cult Coalition's Facebook page. We will have a website coming out there soon. Um, but uh, it's been a pleasure. And uh, everyone, enjoy enjoy the Thank rest of the Thank you so life. much, man. Appreciate your Thank insight. Jake. Thank you. Bye, Jake. And really quick, this is a good time to transition. I want to read some of the comments we've got since we didn't have a lot of time. But uh, Grace here said, this is a while back, but she said, uh, growing up in a cult herself, she was interested in this podcast. She goes, yes, patriarchy is the control, uh, is the key here, to is the key to control, patriarchy. Um, <laughs> Robert says, I don't want my daughter marrying a Trump Republican. Uh, understand that. Um, <laughs> horrified. Um Gives raising a barn, raising gives gives raising the barn a new meeting. Oh, that was <laughs> uh, so. And Grace says, "Who's policing these communities for sure? Like, why are they allowed to keep raising children in isolation? That is a good question." Um, well, and then no, go ahead, go ahead. No, uh, can, you have an answer for that, Lisa. I, I would like to, because it is something that continues to happen, and the pattern is always the same. As you said earlier, it's like, it's hard to get on these people's property and talk to them and do all that. So why do you think this is that, you know, we aren't more strict? Okay. Well, I want to, you know, counter -co coalition is all about solutions. So I would like to talk about some of the yeah. solutions in Washington County here in Portland, Oregon. Um, you know, I don't know if they still have this department of human services for years had a policy where if there were six or more 
unrelated children living in a household, they had to have somebody come in and uh, like investigate, check on them. And that is a way to address cults without saying anything about religion. Um, in Utah, uh, you know, there were girls trying to leave the FLDS when they, usually a girl there, you talked about the impetus tie. Usually it's, you know, when at 15 or 16, you know, you're being told you have to marry your uncle or some other man who's like of retirement age. Sadly, that's not an exaggeration. And, um, you know, the, the police would have to tell the parents where they are, send the girl back. And then they would take very extreme measures to make sure she didn't leave again, tracking devices on her car, having people follow her. They have armed guards who you can look this up and see the videos who walk around the houses of, you know, the places where girls might run. Um, and so in Utah, they passed a law where the, you know, you don't have, you have three days until you have to tell the parents where the girl is. And it's so far, I've, it's always been a girl because they're not forcibly marrying teenage boys off. They're sending them out of the community. And so they have they attorneys. The exactly. Totally. So they um, have attorneys waiting. They fill out anticipation papers, get her to a safe house. Many girls have gone on to more meaningful lives and being able to choose their own par partner when they're ready. Um, there's so many examples of public policy finding a way to get in. It, it's not that there's nothing. It's that we need more. And, you know, um, it, in regard to the puppy mills, there aren't enough people. There are people who are supposed to be investigating them. There aren't enough of them. So we need more funding and to make sure that we really focus on the ones we know to be problematic, the ones who have been reported on. And you know, part of it is that I think for so many of us, it's just words. You know, if you think about it from the, the pony's perspective or the calf, you know, what if you're that pony? What if you're that calf? Is that how you want to live your life? Right. What do we have as a responsibility on the outside of these communities to do something about this? Curtis in the comments here says, don't do a Google search on Amish puppy mills. Because nope. after seeing the results, I want to drive to Pennsylvania and knock out oh, oh, knock a buggy over. Not gonna do it. <laughs> not gonna do it. As soon as I saw his comment, I was like, I can't even do it. I'm not trying to mess up the day. Um, I wanted to ask you, uh, I wanted to ask you something. So because a lot of times people, when they say they're doing these things, uh, they say they're doing it for a higher power and it's this uh, divine, whatever, whatever bullshit they spew. Um, so I was watching the, the, the documentary, uh, Keep Sweet and Pray and Obey. And so this is the part where they had come, taking all the children out of there, mm -hmm. realized that a lot of children were pregnant and all of this stuff. And so... They were interviewing some people in the and on to, on the Today Show, which I don't remember it, it happening, but apparently they were on the Today Show back then. So they interviewed one of the elders, and they asked her. They said, "Well, um, do you know of any case where uh, underage girls got pregnant?" And she looked right in the camera, talked to the people, and she says, "No, not to my knowledge." Now, again, the, the reason why I'm bringing this up is because they're supposed to be very religious, very righteous, very forthcoming, very, very honest, because it's all about the Lord. It's all about what's going to happen after this. I, I want to be truthful in my thing for the Lord. Are you trying to tell me that she bared false witness, Ty? Exactly. So when they showed the clip of her saying, not to my knowledge, 
the uh, the lady who had exposed the thing said, that's crazy because she actually gave birth. She, she's the one that had helped deliver the baby to the underage child. And so the first thing I thought was, even if you even if you believe the bullshit of you, you're allowed to sleep with children. You knew it was a bad thing, which is why you lied. Right. No, I I, want to jump in here because there's so much ground that we could cover. Um, Your perspective is one of reason. And that's the problem. So if you grow up cult like I did, you get to lie to people on the outside because who are you to tell us? We are above the law. We are, uh, we, and you don't know, we know. We're, you know, I know that one of the many, many stories I've heard from the move of God where I grew up, a man was driving in his car to report a rape because they didn't have phones in rural Alaska where our, this group was. And another man chased him down on the freeway and talked him out of it. Um, and I'm shocked that the guy even tried to go. What are you thinking reporting to, you know, it, Canaan and Bail and all the names that are used for the government? And so she would have been her responsibility would be to lie. Wow. You're um, absolutely right. But the problem is you're looking at it from a perspective of a healthier community. Go ahead, Ian. I was going to say, Chuck points over here. He said that uh, 30 years ago, there was a lot of law enforcement issues with Scientology and Clearwater, uh, including what I believe was negligent homicide, if not murder, and good PR and political influence in the sheriff's office covered it up as well. So that's with Scientology. They have obviously have some some money, too. Those are the types of things that, that, again, make me know that you know what you're doing is wrong. That, that's why you have the cover up. That's why you chase somebody down and, and to convince them not to report a rape. You don't say, hey, but not one of those people that, of this, the, uh, the, the FDLS, not a single one of them were on camera and like, yeah, we have underage brides here. Yeah, right. this is what our Lord lets us do. 12 year old brides. Lots bride. of 12 year old brides. Lots of, yeah. You know what I'm saying? They, they, don't, they don't parade them. I say, yeah. This is my 12-year-old bride right here. They, not a single one. Now, here's, here's, and I always, I use this as an example uh, when people talk about Michael Jackson uh, and the abuse, the, 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 the allegation against Michael Jackson. I, say, I always say, I don't, again, I just want to be very clear. I don't know if he did anything. I'm not saying he did anything or did not. I don't know. But I'm saying it was one thing that stood out to me about Michael Jackson and that those allegations. When they asked him on camera, do you sleep with children? He said, yeah, I sleep in the bed with children. Yes. And I said, again, I'm not saying he did not do anything. I don't know that. I'm just saying he could easily just said, no, not at all. I've never been in bed with a child ever because that's what a lot of pedophiles do. They'll say, yeah, no, I don't know anything about it. Then you find out evidence. So to me, even if in his mind, he's like, I didn't see anything wrong with it. No, but he, yeah, he thinks it's okay to sleep with children. He just thought that the outside world didn't understand him maybe possibly having sex with children. Let me get back to that. You just said, you know, it's wrong. You're right. I mean, in most groups, like in the move of God, 
men were not supposed to rape children. And I know many stories personally, because I still talk to people where like a, a man over 30 would rape a four-year-old child and the elder would say, well, she must have enjoyed it or the cause is more important than that. And I know right now today, when I've brought this up in discussion groups from the former and current members from New Move, they all say the same, same thing. Rape happens everywhere. It happens on the job. Rape does not happen in the workplace nearly as often as it does in a cult. So first of all, that's bullshit. But they say it happens everywhere. It's wrong, but the outside world doesn't understand. They'll punish us differently. We want to we want to punish us our way, which is about prayer. So if you're going to pray for a pedophile to stop sexually assaulting children, obviously we know that's not going to work. But when I grew up, where I grew up, that was the remedy, maybe talking to the elders about it, having them tell you to stop doing it. Why would you need the police on the outside when you know that the remedy is prayer and talking to your own elders? I'm just saying that's how many people I knew grew up, even in other cults. I just wonder if they would be the same way if somebody came in from the outside and, and raped people and just said, hey, uh, hey, you guys, I'm just here for the rape. Yes, yeah, and uh, uh, pray for me. Yeah, no, because because in that case, they're not part of your community. They're not going to benefit from prayer and talking to the elders. So in that case, you could call the police. So they know oh, so it's you could, wrong. So, so it's wrong for the person outside of the cult to rape because the prayer doesn't work for the person outside of the rape. But if you come into the community, you can rape as much as you want and we'll just pray it away. The fact that even saying that... No, it's not homogenous groups. Some people feel that way. Yes, I've talked to those people. I've met those people. Some people say we need to do something about the sexual assaults. Other people would say it's wrong that my brother raped your sister. I've actually heard this, but we need to forgive him and, you know, whatever. There's a wide range of attitudes about it, but the elders, for the most part, have accepted it. Um, you know, I, I'm sorry, this might offend you, but when I was 15, um, I remember hearing, uh, no, I was 14, uh, what my favorite elder had had sex, I don't know how many times, with a girl in our group who was 15, and her mother was mad about it, and she was told just to, and of course, he was a married elder, all the things that, that the law looks at as an authority figure. And, you know, she was upset about it. She came to my house to talk to my mother about it. I would have been really upset if someone had reported it to the police. I honestly didn't see how serious that was when I was 14. Um, and I thought we can handle it. I grew up that way and a lot of other people did too. No, and, and I don't want to, I, I don't want to discount a child's perspective. So you at 14, 12 or 14, this is not about you saying you, uh, were naive or whatever, whatever. I'm not saying that at all because if you're a child, there's only so much you know as a child, especially if you've been isolated as a child. I think for me though, once you get to a certain, I, I just don't understand why it doesn't click in their head. Don't have sex with children, period, full stop. I, I, period. I, I, it, 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 there should not be a caveat. There should some not be people don't care. One, I know a woman who went and on video, just like I think it was three years ago, our leader of the move of God who recently died, Buddy Cobb, she videotaped her own grandfather asking him about the abuse. And he clearly didn't care. She posted it online for everyone to see. 
Mm. Yeah. Well, you know, just, it's called hypocrisy. Uh, a couple more comments. Jay, he says, an atheist friend drives Amish workers to construction sites every day. He said they all have phones. They all watch porn on their way to work. And he loves it when he play, they play ACDC on the way to the job. I mean, these people know. They know. They, they enjoy it. And, and, and they use it as an excuse. So when you're like, oh, why don't these... Same reason that, 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 that you have these like Muslim sheiks with a harem of six-year-old girl. They fucking know. Uh, these people know, but they're sick and they use, and they're, hypo they're hypocrites. Yes. That's, that's the bottom line. I mean, there's just nothing else. If, it, 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 if I were, I gotta be honest with you, if I were a pedophile, the first thing I would do is turn to religion. It's the first, it's the first way I would be able to get away with it. Now, well, of course. Again, no, they do. Of course they Priest do. or an elder. That's yeah. why I know that's why many people joined the move and, and, and the children of God, the children of God required the children to have sex with adult men. That was, they said, God is love. Love is sex. And when little girls said, I don't want it like eight year olds, 10 year olds, I don't want to do this. They were told you have to do this. You're not being, you're selfish. You're not sharing, share your love. And they would be put on a calendar. A little girl would, and they, they're still active today. Um, one of our board members, Jemima Ferris, she grew up children of God. She was required to have sex with men. So was her friend Whisper. I mean, you know, um, Joaquin and River Phoenix grew up in the children of God. So did Rose McGowan, many other famous people. River Phoenix said publicly he lost his virginity in the children of God at the age of four. See, and, 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 and this is why, like, when you have a... Um, a Marjorie Taylor Greene or any of these people that talk religion and they use that. Uh, Lauren Boebert. Yeah, Lauren oh, Boebert. All of these of people, in, which, by the way, with a Marjorie Taylor Greene, she's getting a divorce and you find out she's sleeping with two, three dudes at her gym and all of this shit. So it, it, it's just... How much again, you want to bet she's fucking Matt Gates, by the way? Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> He's too old for him. Yeah, but the good thing is she saves him 20% on car insurance. So. Yeah, exactly. Right. Um, I think it just, I, I guess, because in watching a couple of these things, like we watched Nexium, we actually had somebody on uh, on the show who was in uh, Nexium, uh, the Nexium sex cult. And you're right, like the isolation is a huge part of it. Um, the the making them feel, they said uh, the, one of the first things is to convince the person that everybody else is wrong. Mm -hmm. Everybody else is wrong except what's going on in the thing. But I guess for me, growing up the way I grew up, like we knew there's there are certain things that, okay, this just doesn't make sense. This is something that you, is a normal thing. Like you have urges. Of course I had urges when I was a teenager, of course. But I also knew, okay, don't do this, 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 and this. And I told you, I wasn't even going to church on a regular. I wasn't going every Sunday. You know what I'm saying? The only thing I actually remember from church is cake. That's it. So I, they had really good lemon cake. But <laughs> when I see people now, because it, it's so well documented, though, Lisa, it's so well documented that these people use religion to abuse people and animals. Mm -hmm. It's 2022. I can see if this was 1922 where you didn't have any technology. But to, right now, today, I don't understand, and help me understand this, why these things are still prevalent now. Like, like it's so many things that people could look at and go, well, wait a minute. Well, that elder, he's 90 years old. Why is he sleeping with a four-year-old? And, and here's the other thing that drives me batshit crazy. 
it's so easy to manipulate. I hate making everything political, but it really is. It's so easy to man- manipulate the people on the right. How in the last year or yes. two, all I hear from these motherfuckers is child sex trafficking and and grooming and blah 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 blah. And every single one of these person people are Catholics. They're Christian. They're fundamentalists. They're uh, Baptists. All the and and they're the ones that are like Joe Biden smells hair. We need to do something about it. I'm like motherfucker, you are your your whole group are as the one responsible for right. for for raping and and incest and child molestation. It's the vast majority. Like so I forgot the numbers. Eighty seven percent of politicians who've been busted for these crimes are right wing politicians. Yes. Uh, all these religious groups. That therefore, oh, we got to be good Christians and the Baptists and the Catholics and the Amish. And they're all they all vote right wing. And they're the same people who constantly are like the the schools are grooming because because the teacher said that she was gay. They're grooming my child. I'm like, motherfucker, you're taking your kid to church is grooming your child like you groom your child every day. It's just so fucking ridiculous to me that. They continue on with this nonsense, and yet they they spout all this garbage about saving children and 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 you know their abortion the, the abortion thing. We need to save children, and then stop grooming them. And you can't talk about gay people in school, and you can't mention that somebody might be different than you because that's grooming children. Meanwhile, they're actually grooming and abusing children, and they don't give two shits about that. Like that, they're all on board with Trump, who has cases filed against him with 13 year olds and 14 year olds mm-hmm. and they're upset because joe biden smelled his granddaughter's hair it's fucking nuts to me so well, uh, you know it is you're right it is about politics because it's been very well documented many books written about the gop using religion to get people to vote for them because they have fewer and fewer supporters they have to do that and you know there was a republican a strategist who recently came out and wrote a book and said, I'm a gay man. I worked for candidates I didn't believe in who were not supporting gay rights, who were attacking it because I wanted power. So as more and more people come out, we do know that. One reason it's tolerated is that, you know, when somebody has breast cancer you know, in our communities, we know about it. If your friend, your family member, so then people care about cancer, right? And I know that even today, there's a lot of people who meet me who don't know I grew up cult. Uh, that's how a lot of people, that phrase we tend to use. Anyway, um, even though I'm very open about it, I talk about it all the time. It's just not something that, and, and many people don't. You know, I never even told my husband. I was, I've been married one time. I never told my husband. I told only two friends until I was like 40. It's very common to not know how to talk about it. Um. So then, okay. So then... Is that why? So is that, is that the reason you think that is still? Because it's still happening. Like like if this if we were having this conversation, we say, hey man, remember back in the day these cults existed or these things were happening. You you are still working with people now that are still dealing with things now. I just don't understand why it doesn't go off in their head at all and say, well, wait a minute, I'm looking at this. This sounds a lot like what I'm dealing with here or what we've been dealing with over here at this compound or whatever, whatever. And to just say, okay, well, it's not normal to do this because here's here's what Ian and I have talked about this when it when it comes to abortion and all stuff. We're very pro pro choice because to to me, if if I'd rather not have the child as opposed to have the child come into the world and be screwed up. 
absolutely. Thank you for saying that. I totally agree. I, you know, I recently spoke at a rally uh, right after the uh, recent, you know, decision, um, you know, against Roe versus Wade. Uh, I, my, I was conceived through rape. My biological father told me that when I was 27. And, you know, my mother didn't have a choice. Abortion was illegal at the time. If I could go back in time, I'm glad I'm alive. I've had it. Of, you know, a great life as an adult. Um, but if I could go back in time, I would probably tell my mother, really think about it. Her relatives, you know, wanted her to have an abortion. And, you know, it ruined her life. It completely ruined her life. She didn't get any education beyond high school. I have a master's in public administration. I've had two abortions. The opportunity to decide if or when I wanted children allowed me. I've traveled to 22 different countries. I don't think my mom ever left the country and, you know, it ruined her life. It ruins the lives of many people. And I feel very strongly that, well, we know, you know, it's very controversial, but the crime rate went way down after abortion became legal. I want to go back though. You said people are dealing with it today. Why is it still happening? It's about progress. You know, there was some asshole judge who, as we all know, infamously said a black person could never be an American citizen, you know, and, and I mean, this is a man in power who it was not, you know, it should have been immediately overturned by society. Daniel Clarence Thomas. Sorry. Huh? <laughs> Daniel Clarence Thomas. We've got him too. But you know, the point is even today, there are a lot of people who don't understand how racism is institutionalized and how it's a problem and how, you know, and I've had people say so many ignorant things to me, like slavery was a long time ago. I'm sorry for being rude about that, but it pisses me off. And it's the same thing. No, with animal rights laws, we are progressing. Spain just passed, you know, um, a law looking at, you know, establishing animals as non-human persons. We have lots of legislation coming out. There are new laws to protect children. Talking about it on podcasts like this is one of the ways we make a difference. It's how we get people fired up where, you know, one of the things we should be asking people running for office is where do you stand on children's rights and in animal rights? You know, in 2021, the U.S. courts recognized animals as interested persons for the first time anywhere in the world. Other countries have been ahead of us. In 2009, Bolivia banned animals in circuses. 2015, New Zealand passed animal welfare amendment stating animals are sentient beings. We're moving it forward. It's just taking us a long time. I, I, the thing is that, that uh, by the way, it's not me to cut you off time, but the problem, though, again, politics People on the right call that wokeism. And yes. even though, like you said, it's happening in Spain and it's happening in other places, they'll be like, you damn libtards on the left. Oh, now, so now so now, what, as a spider, a human being too? And, and, and it's like, they have to of take course. everything to such extremes. Exactly. But that, also that. it's like, you know what? Look, I don't not, I'm not a vegan. I don't not, I don't not do any, but uh, eat meat or anything like that. But I also understand there is a sustainability of life and yada, yada, whatever. We can have those arguments. But the cruelty and the unnecessary killing and all this sort of stuff, I don't care if it's like, I'm at a point now where, you know, I, I'm, I'm still arachnophobic, but I will not kill. I mean, maybe it's like a black widow. I don't kill spiders in my house. I carry them outside. Good for you. And, and I've done that for a while. Um, 
Usually I have my wife do it, but, um, but <laughs> it's the thing is that like, uh, you know, I mean, sure. If I have pests in my house, like we've had rats in my house before and it's like, you, you can't let them infest your house, of course. And you have to set oh, up you gotta go. try to do the humane thing and whatever. There are, there are limitations, but this unnecessary, uh, and it's not even the killing so much as the unnecessary torture yeah. and hurting of, of animals and, and humans and whatever for your own pleasure or just because you didn't think about it that's the one that always drives me oh, i never really thought about that way yeah, how the fuck do you not think about things there's there uh i will tell you you guys a quick story so you know in i've said this to you many times two things growing up in chicago two things that i can't can't even think straight around rats and roaches <laughs> two things i'm like i can't even i don't i i i, I know we're all but you can't be in my house like <laughs> at all right so uh, we had seen, I had one day I go outside and I see, uh, a mouse like kind of slowly on, on the, uh, the next door neighbors by the thing. And the first thing I thought was, I was like, okay, I got to make sure it couldn't get into our house or anything like that. So I'm looking at all the outside entryways and stuff. And so I called pest control. I said, yeah, there's a mouse out here. So you guys need to come and inspect the area and this and that. So the mouse is still just kind of inching on the side of it, but it's moving slow. It's not even moving like it's aware of stuff. It's just moving slow. So I leave, come back. The mouse is now laying in the driveway, just laying there. And then the sun is beaming on it. <laughs> and I'm sitting there thinking, Fuck, I don't want to see this because it's still alive. It's still breathing. It's still breathing. I'm like, Ugh, okay. So I'm like, okay, maybe I'll just move it into the, in the shade. So I go try to scoop it and move it into the shade. It's still breathing. And so I can see it's still kind of trying to get, I was like, okay, well, maybe it's thirsty. Maybe it's oh, thirsty. I go in the house. I get one of those little syringes and I try to give this little mouse the fucking water, right? And now you got a new pet. Right? Oh my God. So the whole time I'm sitting there thinking, I don't want you in my house, but I don't want, I don't want you to, it's not a way for you to go out, man. Oh, you know, I don't want that. And so the, the pest control dude comes over, he does the inspection of everything. And I told him the story of what I tried to do for the mouse. He's like, oh no, dude, you don't want to do that. You don't want to, you don't want to feed it. He's like, I understand that you didn't want to die. But so yeah, I get that. This is why I mean, but but no one taught me that. Yeah. That's my point. Is no one taught me that. That it, was just me looking at an animal suffering and saying, man. As much as you can, you can't be in my house, but I don't want to see you suffer. So let me ask you this. What there's, You there's put more thought into that mouse than these fathers and brothers are when they're raping their daughters and sons. Well, again, it's a brain wiring issue. I mean, look, there's nature and there's nurture and there's a combination of both. Right. But they've done brain scan studies on people who think certain ways. Again, right wing, left wing, what they respond to empathy like when when they show these pictures these people are, respond with fear these people respond with empathy on the same pictures and these people respond you know you show them money issues these people respond with empathy these people respond with fear and it's when you respond with fear you're always going to do things that you think that to protect yourself and it's always going to be selfish and i'm not saying that as a judgment call like oh you're selfish so you're a shitty person no it's true but, it's just a fact yeah. right and it's like and and the thing is that people who lean conservative they they care they they work off fear and emotion and they another we don't work off emotion too sometimes but it's fear and emotion and it's me 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 which is why all they ever talk about is fucking taxes and how does it affect like they think of religious freedom as 
what can I do and how can I force my religion on you? And when you go, hey, don't force your religion on me, you're, you're, you're taking my religion away. They never right. think about, am I taking your religion away? Am I taking your beliefs away? Am I infringing upon your rights? It's always me, 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 my money, my money, my money. And other people on the other end are like, hey, well, how does that affect the greater good? How does that hurt that person? I don't want to hurt that guy because then if I, I don't want them to hurt me either. There's all sorts of different ways of looking at it, but it's a brain chemistry thing. And it's, and it's bordering on, sociopathy absolutely it's been this has been scientifically studied as it sounds like you absolutely know and the greatest human drivers are love and fear and so if you're someone who's driven by fear it's really hard for you to go there and 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 have empathy and want to do anything about it and all the things you just said so uh also, I'm just going to read a couple of comments. Tam, Tam is in Scotland. Tam says, in Britain, uh, judges appoint other judges. It has nothing to do with politicians, which is decent. Um, yes. Uh, let's see. And uh, he goes, uh, how does that work out? There's not there's not any cronyism. That's what uh, Tammy says. I think, um, yeah, I mean, I wonder, though. They're, they're, but I'm, I still think a lot of times people who it used to be like when people talk about the media it used to be and i still think there's a lot of people out there journalistic integrity was a thing people who got yeah. into journalism got into journalism like if you go all oh, these guys well who's funding their like scientists who's funding the study sure sometimes there's that but you can actually look at how the study was done yeah. look at the methodology and decide whether it was well, biased or not and most scientists and i know a lot of them they're not in there going hey boss what do you want the what do you want the results to be for my eighty thousand dollars a year job my hundred thousand dollars they're not they're just like here's my job i got to come out with the with the results right. i got to do the study right they're not biased same thing with most most journalists most people who are like work their way up to write for the new york times they want the fucking truth they believe in what i write has to be now they're sure there's some shitty people you work for the new york post you work for the for fucking breitbart you're a you're a you're a hack but people who are true journalists they care about the fucking information and the integrity of why should i listen to you because i write the truth and i and i'm not full of shit and i'm not biased and i don't care about what you say and that means something to most people and i hate when people dismiss that because i know people who are like no this is what i live for when, when we as comedians oh. Good comedians care about good content, not yeah. doing hacky shit, not doing, you can see the good ones, the ones, the people who put the time and effort into their job. And I think it's the majority of people like journalists and scientists and people, they want the facts and the truth. They don't, they're not just there to yeah, but you, bosses. You, you have to understand the problem with that is not necessarily the journalists aren't still, they still exist. I think the problem is, is now you, in the last four or five years, uh, a market has been created for people to not care about facts, to not care about- Absolutely, so, absolutely. Being explicitly told, yes. Exactly, so you say, well, and I had this conversation with uh, one of the comedians I was working with, Alan Havey, um, and we talked about, remember when there was only three networks, ABC, CBS, and NBC. There's only three networks on television. You got all the same news, three different networks, but it was all pretty much the same news. Mm -hmm. And so you left, with the the same story you could form your own opinion on it but it was the same story across the board and that's why i think a lot of stuff was able to get through to people whereas now you don't have that like people will literally tune out anything that doesn't sound like something they want to hear at all they they, they won't even listen to it so yep. if, if lisa goes into the situation she says okay let me tell you guys about amish puppy mills Nope, they don't exist. No, they're not a thing. They're not a thing. They, they, they'll do that automatically. So then, and then they'll turn around. Here's what's crazy about it. They'll turn around later when the story gets exposed and they're like, 
wait, I never heard about Amish puppy mills. Yes, so true, so <laughs> true. She tried to tell you about the puppy mills. You didn't want to hear it. So that brings me to this. So let me ask you, because what you're doing, first of all, is, uh, I know, it, excuse the phrase, God's work. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but how 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 are you how are you getting the word out there more? Have you reached out to news networks? Have you reached out to these people to say, no, 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 I this needs to be more of a story. This needs to, I need to see this when I turn on MSNBC or CNN or or PBS, whatever. Have you reached out to them and have you you know have you gotten feedback on that and have they tried to? Push- no. Because that's not that's not our mission. Um, it is something I would like to do in the future. Uh, we've been so busy. You know, I've been using the term counterculture coalition for a decade. I've been on and off working on policy, meeting with legislators, meeting with the head of the Department of Human Services regarding children and cults in foster care. Um, and just this last February, I thought, oh my God, I just need help. I need to get this done. So I decided to formalize Countercult Coalition and um, f- filed as a nonprofit with the help of Kent Burtner, our treasurer. Thanks to him, we have a 501c3 status. We've been working on building the board doing a variety of podcasts, reviewing laws, you know, talking to people, you know, attorneys such as Sarah Lena Butler is, uh, she has a degree in law with a certificate in animal rights from Lewis and Clark College. In fact, we're doing a fundraiser on October 8th in Portland, Oregon, painting class that Sarah is teach, she's volunteered to teach a painting class and she's fabulous. I took one of her classes. So, you know, there's been a lot of collaboration with people around the world. um, And, you know, we're collecting laws right now that directly relate to cults and laws that prosecutors have used to prosecute cults. So for instance, with the Nixon, it was human trafficking in Kansas. There was one where they used RICO um, and laws that directly pertain to cults. You know, I say it's illegal to be a cult leader in France, England, Wales, and New Jersey, because in those places, if you exploit people for the good of your group or yourself, that's against the law and you can go to jail for that. So New York has a law in the books that doesn't really relate well to cults. If it passes, we're hoping, I should say it's it's pending. If it passes, we'll be looking at um, improving the law to support people from cults. So for me, my goal is to write public policy briefs, to continue writing amicus briefs as I've done. I've tested, uh, testified before legislatures in multiple states. Um, One of the things I've testified about is religious opt-outs. So it might seem like a minor thing that a child doesn't get to have testing or vaccines or uh, sex, uh, what do you call that, sex education in school, but people from cults tend to miss out on all of that. So it really impacts your life. I testified against a religious opt-out for pulse oximetry in newborns. Put that thing on their finger, no needles, nothing. And it, you know, it didn't pass. They want a religious opt-out for that. So those children are in a position to not have a heart disease 
detected. And so there's just so much work. And I, I do want to tell you, there are thousands of cults in the United States alone. There are hundreds of organizations around the world that work either to help people from cults with um, mediation, intervention. There's one woman here in the U.S. who started an organization to help women from cults go to college. You know, everybody has their area of expertise. And for me, it's policy. That, no, that's um, and I just I really do hope because I didn't to be honest with you I didn't think it was thousands of, of cults. Jesus, uh, I know, I know. I used to think oh, there's probably ten cults in the U.S. I mean, the ones you hear about, most of them stay under the radar. There are thousands that have been legitimately reported as coercive groups, cults. So speaking of that, um, and and, and I don't know if you answered. If you did, I apologize. What what was your what do you tell people? Do you okay? Because I think I asked this one time. We had someone else on. We actually had the Nexium uh, cult member on, and I said, "What what did you tell somebody to help kind of them transition from being in the cult to out? What did you or what what was your first moment of trying to help someone else? Do you remember what it was, and was it well received, or was it like a long process?" Um. Well, if it's people who, it, you know, that's so complicated. I will tell you that I interact with people from the move of God where I grew up. Most of them don't even want to think of it as a cult. I've never gotten through to people, even if they've been out for decades, they don't want to think of it as a cult, partly because it's then it's about your life. It defines them, they think. Um, I don't help people from cults. That's an expertise that um, that many people have I don't because it requires years of education and experience. But I do talk to people from cults and explain to them, you know, or validate for them, that, you know, their rights, their feelings, their insecurities, their shame, their guilt, all of that. So, but that's more in a conversational way. Um, yeah. You know, like AA people like actually help people through the process. I don't do that. Um, Kent Bertner has helped people with that. Um, Pat Ryan and Joseph Kelly, that's their area of expertise. They do that. Um, there are hundreds of people in my world who help people from cults. But, you know, um, people really struggle when they leave. They struggle with feeling ashamed, not knowing how to talk to people about it. Um, you know, Jemima Ferris, our board member, extraordinaire who has the podcast butterflies and bravery today she has trouble speaking up and she just told me a few days ago how she's struggling with it still you know she's a chef she's happily married has a house in idaho and even just sharing her opinion is hard for her because she grew up children of god where if you said i want to go out and play when you were told no you might have gotten beaten and locked in a closet without dinner so if you your whole life you're told you but go over and be up. raped Jesus Christ. <laughs> Go ahead. Well, no, that was routine. That was yeah. like, of course, that was expected. Um, There'll be by, no plan for you until after your rape. But by, by the way, I want I want to read I want to read read a couple. Please read, read a couple things really quick. Okay, I'm not going to tell you what they are. So this is this is these are a couple definitions of, of the belief and worship in a supreme in a superhuman controlling power, especially a personal god or gods. A misplaced or excessive admiration for a particular person or thing, a system of religious veneration uh, and devotion directed toward a particular figure or object, a pursuit or interest in which someone ascribes supreme importance. Um, 
that's four definitions. Two are of religion and two are of cult. Tell me there's a difference. The difference really is just that they describe one as being misplaced and one is, so your one you believe in nonsense and the other one you believed in misplaced nonsense. Like that was the only difference. It's like, so I love when these people go, well, I was in a cult. Yeah, it's all a cult. I know that, 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 and it all started as a cult. Some of it's bigger and more mainstream, but, and maybe not as hardcore. Maybe, maybe the Catholic church isn't having parents rape their kids, uh, but it's all still happening everywhere. Oh, but, but just, I don't want to run out of time on this. Um, I will tell you that there is a huge difference between cults and religion. And I really get your point. And I agree with a lot of it. The difference is that in religion, you know, because there is definitely a definition of a cult in, in the Catholic church, they don't tell you what you have to wear. You know, they, they don't, I mean, sure. Some churches would prefer you wear dresses to church, but they, you know, they don't tell you, you can't read newspapers, go to movies, watch television. You know, they don't tell you how to behave. It, it is so different. And, you know, the rel- mainstream religion does hold up cults. Part of why people go from religion to cults is they've already been told to have faith and believe. That is a but, but Mormonism does that. Amish does that. Scientology does that. Those are all considered religions, though. No, no, they're not. Not in the cultic world. Scientology is a cult. The FLDS is a cult. Amish is a cult. They fit every single definition. Sure, but I don't, I don't, I don't think that they're. I don't think they are awarded cult status by a government. Are they? I think um, the governments don't don't do that anyway. But what about baptism? Is- well, no, because I mean, cults cults can be illegal in certain cases. The practices, but religion, but a lot of evil, a lot of fucked up practices get protected by religious freedom. I agree that no, in in France, like the Freeman is illegal. That group is illegal in France. They are very active here in the U.S. Those are the ones who say I'm sovereign. I don't have to register my car. I don't have to have a birth certificate. But, you know, getting back to this thing about the PR, which is part of what you, you guys keep hitting on is, you know, how and why and why does society not know? Um, just a few days ago, I read. Oops. Am I frozen? No, you're good. No, you're good. Hey, it's frozen on my end. I might have to come back in in a minute. Yeah. So I just read an article where they were suggesting people buy from the Amish and the Amish have a, uh, a simple lifestyle and all this good stuff about the Amish. And, you know, there's PR even from people outsiders thinking that it's such a wholesome community. The same with the move of God. When people came in to investigate child abuse, they said, oh, look at the pretty flowers around the cabins and they're quilting and making jam. You know, and and not getting what goes on behind the scenes. Um, I know we all got to get ready to go here in a yeah. little bit, but um, it's it's funny, Ian, as you was re- as you were reading those uh, those definitions, I was like, all of that sounds like uh, Trump supporters, yeah. every, every single bit of it. Um, yes, <laughs> because and and here's so one. Before we go, I want to be very, I want people to understand, one, thank you very, very much for being here, Lisa. Um, And I'll be honest with you, uh, it was uncomfortable for me to hear the details. And Ian, actually, he told me, he kind of forewarned me early. He's like, just so you know, she's going to talk about some stuff that's going to be pretty with the animals. But I do appreciate you doing that because it is something that needs to be heard. It is something that needs to be addressed, as well as the stuff with cults, especially the stuff with the children. Um, so what we will do on our end is we will make sure that people understand 
this is something that needs more and more attention. What you're doing is is amazing, but is it obviously is not enough if it's still happening so obviously. But what would you right now if you could what would be the best way for you to say okay, I am going to do what I can to make sure this gets to the most people. What 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 is your what would be your ideal situation to, to say okay? Well, I, I would like your listeners to share this podcast on their Facebook page. You know, check out our Facebook page. We're gonna have a website very soon. You know, talk about it with the people that you know. When you go to city hall meetings, think about bringing it up and asking, where do you stand on the issue of cults and children in cults and and animal abuse in cults? And we need volunteers. We, you know, anywhere in the world, people can support us. We need online help. Tell them where, where, tell them where to find you. Counter Cult Coalition on Facebook, Counter Cult Coalition at mail.com, our email account. And, you know, Jake, I met Jake because I did a podcast that he heard and he called and said, I want to help. And we've met several people that way. So podcasts have been very helpful. And thank you so much for having us. Oops, that's my cat scratching the scratching post. Kitty. All right. That's all right. Don't, don't beat it. No. <laughs> <laughs> we got to throw in the joke. Hey, cat, you okay? Cat. At least treating you all right. Yeah. <laughs> My cats are so baby. Uh, no, again, I want to say thank you so much. Uh, I am, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm an animal lover. I, I, I do, I, I do. I'm, I'm a sucker for it, as you saw me trying to feed the dying rat. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but. Uh, what you're doing is really good work. And, and, and uh, everyone, please go follow up if you can volunteer. You're in Portland, right? You said you're in Portland? Yes. And if you can't come to our painting class, $45, the market rate, please consider paying for someone to go with a scholarship, someone who can't afford to. October 8th in Portland. Um, snacks. We always do cult trivia and we're going to be doing cult trivia online in the future. You had me at snacks. You had me a snack. lemon cake. Get some lemon cake and I'll be yep, there. I'll do that. That's it. All right. Well, um, I want to thank everybody that tuned in as usual. Chuck, Grace. Hey, Grace. Uh, J.E. Uh, Susan. Uh, how are you, Susan? Curtis. Uh, we had a nice turnout today as usual. You know, we rock only because you guys rock with us. So thank you so much. I want to thank our guest today. Um, and uh, So many great yeah. comments we didn't get to, by the way. I know, I know. My, I don't even know how many were on here because I think my screen no. froze, so I had to go back. But Sean, but, Sean does make a good point. We could probably advance this a lot more if the animals were gay. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> well, you sleep with enough Amish dudes. Yeah. Uh, so here's, uh, I, I just want to say again, you guys, if any show would close with empathy, it's this one. So please um, care for your fellow man, woman, child, and animal. Uh, I understand there's certain things that we have to do to survive as a society, but being cruel is not one of them. Uh, so please learn to be better people. Learn to understand that animals have feelings too. And uh, if you see abuse, say something. Don't be scared yes. to say something. If you see something, say something. Uh, animals can't speak for themselves. Literally, they can't speak for themselves. Uh, children can't speak for themselves because they've been so messed up in the head. So we need to find a way to have the empathy to do something to help every person and animal that we can. Take us home, bro.
And uh, yeah, Tammy says shout out to Derek Cohen. Uh, it's his birthday today. Uh, Yo, happy birthday, Derek, bro! Our good, our good, a good uh, friend here on the show, Derek Cohen. Um, and yeah, it was really great turnout today. Great topic, Lisa and Jake. Thank you, uh, Jake is here, but thank you guys both for coming on. It's a lot of fun, a lot of information, and hopefully, people we get out there as always. Our our our, our fam, our fans and and friends, and they're super supportive and super active. So I know people are going to get get out there and make it just difference. Steve, hail Satan, yes, um, and uh, <laughs> and definitely empathy. Je, we we always try to talk about empathy. We always try to talk about about the things that, uh, you know, that really matter most. And um, yeah, get out there, and get out and make a difference. And look, you have to vote people. Uh, yes, yeah. Alf, uh, I do want 2024, Fr- Frank and Porter. Let's do it. Frank and Porter. Al Franken, if you don't want to do it, uh, Jamie Raskin and Katie Porter. Let's go with that yeah. one. Um, uh, but let's, but, you know, get out and vote people because it only takes a couple extra of us to vote. and. Again, how many times did I said this, Ty? When you add up the electorate, we're like 64, 65% of the electorate. We just don't fucking vote. Yes. 64 to 65% of the electorate. We could win every state except for a couple if we turned out. That is a fact. We could win Georgia every time. We could win Pennsylvania every time. We could win Wisconsin every time. We could fucking win. Uh, we saw we could win Kansas if we had to. We Thank could you. win. The good people could win this if you just vote. And 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 quit, care. Patient and quit Quit believing the, the the super the super leftist Bernie bro types. Everyone is not the same. All politicians are not the same. Empathy doesn't exist on both sides. Get out and vote for the. I don't care if you call it the lesser of two evils. We want the lesser of two evils. It's and it's not the lesser of two evils. One is better than the other by far. Look at the policies. Whether they can get all their policies done or not. Who is saying this and who is saying that? If nothing happens, but Joe Biden says this and the narrative is out there, at least we're pushing the narrative. Yeah. If we can't get it all passed, so be it. It's not going to happen. All you have to try. It's not going to happen. But we can move the narrative in the right way. If you want to, if you want this stuff to end, if you want to have a, a livable wage, if you want to have health care, if you want to have uh, uh, women's rights and gay rights and civil rights, if you want to have that, vote for the fucking people who are saying it even if you don't think they're doing it because the other side isn't even fucking saying it. So not only they, not only. Okay, no. so get out and vote. We've got a couple months left. Um, make a difference in your home community, in, in your local community, and make a difference on the national scale because we've only got a few months left to save democracy. Yeah, and uh, not, only, not only are they not saying it, they're voting against it. Yes. So, so they, they're telling you by their vote. So... Uh, great, great way to go out, bro. And everything I agree with a thousand percent, man. So thank you again, everybody. Thank you to our guests. Ian, where can they find us? Uh, right here every week, Thursday, noon Pacific on facebook.com slash critical and thinking. All of our podcasts are also on only sky.media. All of our podcasts are uploaded every Monday night at, um, at uh, all the podcast purveyors, iTunes and Stitcher and all that. So if you want to download it, make sure to like Give us five stars. Do all that sort of stuff. Please download in addition to watching live because that's where the numbers are made on podcast stuff. So download the podcast Monday. Watch us every Thursday live as we record it uh, on Facebook.com slash Critical and Thinking. And go to go create an OnlySky.media account. We're trying to build that up. So eventually when they can have the, the, the we can move the whole thing over there and we don't have to rely on, on Zuckerberg and all that sort of stuff. We can just go to a place that is for decent, rational human beings and we can start our own 
cult. build up our own social media <laughs> that, uh, that is, you know, it, it'll be like parlay on the left. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> All right. Thanks again you know, to our guest, Lisa. Thank you so much. I can't even tell you how much you've done for us today and the information. Oh, you guys are awesome. And I love that you brought it back to getting the vote out. Get it out. It's all we can do. Pretty good thing a podcast. Ty Barnett. Ian Harris. We'll see you next week. Peace. Leftovers. Or. The DMV. Number 97. Or. House cleaning. Or. Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.